Welcome to episode 7 of the Peaked Too Early podcast, where we might be dreadful to listen to, but at least it's a better effort than the Manchester Derby. I'm your host, Blake Munchell. I'm joined, as always, by the lover, the lovely Oscar Saywell. <laughs> hello, hello. Nice to hear you again. Nice yes, intro. It's... It was funny. Yeah, How are until you? I called you my lover. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, accurate, you know. Yeah, I do love you, so. Yeah, no um, so it was a very up and down week for yeah. me. It was a very up oh. and down week for the Premier League. Uh, how was your week? Busy, I would say. I'm heading into finals week, but I have everything scheduled pretty well and I have the time to do it, thankfully. So I'm, I'm doing okay. I'm sorry to hear that you were up and down. Yes, it is the second week of my classes, and it is going horribly. Oh no! So should be a fun semester. I hope it but, improves rapidly. Yeah, I'm hoping I'm past the worst of it. Uh, yeah. So, talking about a horrible week, I came into this match day with a plus three lead on uh, our predictions, oh. uh, and it's only going to be a more terrible week for Oscar. Come on. Because not only did I extend my lead, I accurately predicted the scores twice. Wow. So I got impressive. double points twice. So I get a plus two, which brings me to plus five plus overall. Five. Oh, that's awful. Um, I mean, right now, I, my, my undoing is predicting West Ham to draw every week because we're so excellent <laughs> that, you know. Um. I predicted uh, Everton 1-0 over Chelsea, and oh, I predicted Burnley 1-0 over Arsenal. Oh, of course so. you did. You know, congratulations. Those were great shouts. I'm, I'm very right. impressed. You deserve it. It was very cathartic mm-hmm. to get the Burnley-Arsenal one right. Yeah. Um, and with that being said, so I moved to the plus five. Um, Oscar, hold your tears. This is not a pity podcast for you. Uh, because, because West Ham did come out victorious yes. 2-1 over yes. Leeds United. It was excellent. When was when did we play? Saturday? Friday. What am I talking Friday, about? We Friday night game. match. Yes, and it was nice break from me studying. I watched it with my dad, and it was fantastic to see another West Ham win, which put us temporarily up into fifth place. And I think it was a deserved win from the Hammers. The Honestly, it looked like it wouldn't come after a combination, again, of wasted chances. There was some bad luck in there. And the heroics of the Leeds keeper, Ian Melier. Um, Leeds opened the scoring from the spot after Allaire gave the ball away with a poor touch. And then someone, I'm not sure who it was, set Bamford running through, who won a pretty smart penalty that saw Fabianski get a yellow. Um, Fabianski subsequently saved opening soft uh, penalty but then was ju- judged to have jumped off his line by VAR so um, Click took it again and converted the follow up with a better effort into the bottom right corner really quickly Yeah. Uh, do you agree with the, the call for the retake um, so Moise was Moise is extremely angry about it so angry about it apparently that he barely talked about our win after the match he just talked about this 
Um, when I first saw the replays, I was like, yeah, that's, I mean, by the rules, he's jumped off his line. So I guess retake it. Um, what Moise is saying is that his ankle or something, I don't know, was on the line. I, I don't really care. Like, I mean, obviously I don't care because we won, but I'm trying to be as philosophical as I can about VAR. I mean, it's just like, there's going to be things that are called against you and there's going to be things that are called for you. And I, I just, I, I just cannot waste energy worrying about that kind of stuff. I just, it's just useless. So yes, I thought it was, I thought he was off his line. So I guess we take it, whatever. But I mean, I'm, Fair. I'm, yeah, I don't know what you think. Yeah, I, I agree. It's the rule. That yeah. it has to be retaken, but yeah, I mean, it's, I, yeah, I could see where someone would feel hard done by. I mean, yeah, for sure, it's really hard. It's, I mean, it's hard for a goalie to save a penalty. So if he's just barely off his line, then it's kind of sad that yeah, it has to be retaken. But anyway, I don't care because West Ham were much the better side. I thought Socek he equalized from a corner, beating Meli on his line, which was really the young Frenchman's only mistake in this match. Um, where he sort of, it was right at him and he was inside of his goal and he failed to palm it out. It was pretty soft, I guess. But I mean, a, a good win from from Socek. And then in the 80th minute, Ogbonna lost his man to head in a great goal into the top right corner. I think it was the top right corner um, from yes. a Aaron Cresswell cross. And yeah, West Ham really pressed for goals, especially throughout the second half. Allaire was unlucky several times. It, it felt like Luke Ayling blocked like three sure goals from him, which was really frustrating. And then Melier made this brilliant reactive save from a Balbuena header, which yeah, had that me one. screaming. Um, for Nows, he should have scored, but did his typical for Nows thing where he sort of slipped or I don't know what the hell happened and he put it wide of the post. Um, look, the narrative here for me is that West Ham's genuine quality is going under the radar. And we were, I thought we were much better than Leeds, especially in the second half, who are a team whose manager is rightly praised for his planning, his forethought, his insight, his tactical genius. And we frustrated them. We frustrated the hell out of them. We forced them out wide. They put aimless crosses into our box, which we easily dealt with because we're so brilliant in the air. And we controlled the game in the midfield. I, th I thought Rice edged the duel between himself and Phillips. And I think Southgate was watching on if I'm not mistaken i might have made that up but we outshot them we played on the counter admittedly we conceded an enormous amount of possession but that's how we play and ben rama he looks like he's been playing premier league football for his whole career frankly he was our most potent attacking threat outside of set pieces and i mean i know that leeds i think they've conceded the most goals in the premier league from set pieces and we are excellent in the air i think we've scored the third, joint third most headers this season um but yeah, I mean, it was it was it was fantastic. It was a fantastic win, and I'm loving being a West Ham fan right now because everything is going so well and it's consistent and we're stable. Um, yeah, Europa yeah. League on the yeah. Books. I God, I really hope not because that will spell relegation for us. But anyway, I mean, I'm going to take this opportunity to call you out on a player yes. who has been incredible for us this season. It's Angelo Ogbonna because you've lambasted him, and he's been so good. Same with Rice. He's also been brilliant. And I have routinely destroyed Aaron Cresswell, as we know. And he's been arguably our best player so far this season. So what's going on at West Ham? That's my question to you. I mean, 
we are good, right? Yes. Yeah, so, we are. Genuinely. Really quickly. Yeah. Going back to you said earlier, uh, West Ham, they're not getting the praise for how they're playing, um, which, uh, sure, I agree. They're in yeah. sixth place and no one's talking about it. I but know. Well, it's good. It's good. Go under the radar. It's fine. I will, I will say... Uh, David Moyes, a lot of the reason why I think he's people are hesitant to give him praise is the last time he managed. Uh, there's the weird taking a break from West Ham, but before that, he managed the worst Sunderland team to ever grace the Premier League. That's true. So, I, in my head, in my heart, I think of David Moyes as a horrible manager. Because yeah. of that Sunderland. Team. I mean, and he's not the reason Sunderland got relegated, but he was there. Yeah. Um, I mean, but, but, but we're seeing more of an, uh, of an Everton Moyes right now than we are Sunderland or Manchester United Moyes. And I would be extremely hesitant to praise him as well because I'm still very skeptical about his in game tactical shifts and his ability to rotate. I, I'm a little bit worried about that. I don't know what would happen if we'd lost, for example, Socek and Rice. No one would be. I mean, I know our squad is thin, but I just, I wouldn't back him to be able to change it tactically. I think right now he's hit on a sweet spot with the personnel he has and the system he's playing, and I mean I'm loving it. But I guess I do worry about his versatility in that sense. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I will, I will go to my my second. You're calling me out. Uh, mm-hmm. I will address that. It was a gentle, uh, quite point. gracefully, if yeah. I might add. I agree. I've been extremely unfair about Angela Ogbonna and yeah. Aaron Cresswell and Declan Rice. Uh, yeah. But this season, they are all playing well. Yeah. I Rice, made those Ogbonna statements last good. season. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. But I mean, Ogbonna was our best player last season, apparently. I, mean, I think he won Hammer of the Year. Oh no, maybe that really? was uh, Possibly. He was in the running. But I mean, Rice, I think I think the, the longer that West Ham stay up in like the upper echelons of the Premier League, the more scrutiny they'll get. And I think the more other fans in the league will understand why West Ham fans are so obsessed with Declan Rice. Because he's he's just he's he's so good, especially against the the quote unquote bigger teams, at regaining possession either from interceptions or tackles and then retaining it. And I think that's it's it's a skill that we've been lacking for so long in our like post 2012 stay in the Premier League and it, I mean I'm very frightened of losing him but anyway um I'm very happy about uh, the West Ham situation right now yeah um before we move on uh, mm-hmm. I will just conclude this with uh, a 100% deserved win for West Ham thank you uh Leeds I don't know why you like willingly give away set pieces against West Ham, uh, uh, especially you... when you're so horrible at defending set pieces. Yeah. Um, like those, the set pieces that led to both goals, neither of them needed to happen. Yeah. Uh, and uh, lastly, what was my final point I wanted to make? Oh, I wanted to say, uh, Bielsa, we consider him a, a a tactical genius he has these mm-hmm. weird tactics that work for him and they don't work for anyone else and he makes it yeah. work wherever he goes uh and he goes a lot of places but mm-hmm. bringing on 
Helder Costa. Oh yeah. At halftime, I know it was for an injury, but oh my goodness, it didn't work. A horrendous half. It yeah. was like West Ham were playing against ten men, but it was also like West Ham were playing ten men themselves because they had Seb Haller up top. Oh, so uh, harsh. Oh, you know, on Seb, it, Allaire, it was a very bad game. On on Seb Haller, I think that he. Obviously, he was at fault for the first goal, pretty much, because he it was such a horrible touch. And we were, my dad and I were very critical of him at halftime, and we were thinking, come on, this is poor. He did improve exponentially in the second half. He should have scored. I mean, I don't know how Luke Ayling blocks that shot he had from about five yards out. He didn't really do anything wrong. And then his hold-up play was was much better. But, I mean, I'm hoping he can just grab a goal against Palace because he's clearly unhappy at everything that's going on. So. Yeah. And with that being said, let's move on to Wolves Villa, where right. the villains beat the Wolves one nil mm-hmm. in quite some, quite some interesting, uh, an interesting game. I'll leave it at that. Uh, yeah, it was certainly what I think as Emmy Martinez's shining moment this season yeah. and considering he's already had a very good season yeah uh, just some unbelievable saves this game um yeah and also want to say every time he makes a save he smothers the ball as if he's like sobbing into it um, i know it's great yeah which like david de gea and uh, jordan pickford take notes like that's how you cover up a ball right 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 also rui patricio great game for him as well uh, other than that, not a lot happened until pretty late in the match. Uh, Fabio Silva, the 18-year-old, maybe? Mm-hmm. 18 or 19? 18, yeah. Uh, beautiful hair. He very close to scoring hair. his first goal for Wolves. He'll, he'll uh, get there. He'll get there. He's looked good when he's played. Yeah. Um, I also saw pictures of Raul Jimenez uh, back mm-hmm. at training. He's not training himself, but he's standing on the sidelines watching so that's great to hear uh an amazing turnaround uh i know considering like under two weeks ago he was unconscious for like an hour yeah um i thought it was very feisty wasn't it there were like um, i think i read that there were 11 yellow cards reds for douglas louise and joao matinho and um uh mike dean who officiated gave her the 3,000th yellow of his career. which Congratulations, Mike Dean. Yeah, congrats. Um, yes, Douglas Louise was sent off in the 85th minute uh, for a very clear elbow mm. right into Podence's uh, yeah. jaw. Cool. 100% a red every time. Mm. Sloppy with your elbows. Uh, and then in uh, stoppage time at the end of the match, uh, Magic McGinn Skates mm-hmm. past Shemedo, or Shem, Shem, I cannot pronounce anything in Portuguese. Shemedo, yeah, okay. something like that. Uh, nutmegs him, turns him around. Shemedo does nothing, can do nothing but take him down. And uh, Anwar El Ghazi converts mm-hmm. the pen, uh, which I love Anwar El Ghazi. I think he's a really did cool you, player. Um, did you see Tyra Mings's, like very fiery tweet about Anwar El Ghazi? No, I did not. Where he was like, everyone who has been like lambasting El Ghazi, I, I 
I want to see you guys tweeting at him praise now because look what he's done. And um, it was kind of funny. Tyron Mings, is, he can be a funny guy sometimes. And then people were tweet, tweeting back at him when, uh, I think last season they got into an, a fight on the pitch, the two of them. And so they yes. were like, oh, you know. But yeah, relatively. Uh, and then eventually, uh, Jean Matinho uh, would get sent off after the penalty. Um, yeah. I don't really remember how he got his red. I didn't watch this game, so I can't, I couldn't tell you. Oh, well, maybe oh, we well. will never know. Makes for great podcasting, though, doesn't it? Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, to, to conclude, a pretty a fiery Midlands derby. And what more can we ask for, honestly? Yes, I will say the West Ham team were going nuts once the penalty was converted. They were screaming. I was... Mm-hmm. I, I, of course, I'm not from England, so I don't know the histories of the rivalries. I know there's like yeah. the West Midlands rivalry there, but mm-hmm. I, I think of Aston Villa and Birmingham and the Birmingham fan coming out and punching Jack oh, yeah. Grealish. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't know. Cool to see some fiery, fiery celebrations, yeah. even if it's Aston Villa winning a match in the Premier League. Yeah. And speaking about fiery celebrations, Segway. I was running around my basement, Yay. pumping my chest uh, with a 2-1 Newcastle win over yeah. the West Brom Baggies. Yeah, uh, It was a very nice match to watch. Uh, not the Newcastle I am used to, not the Steve Bruce I am used to. Um, right. With it, within 19 seconds off kickoff, uh, West Brom pump it forward. Uh, of course, nothing happens from that. Uh, it is played up to Callum Wilson. He chests it, gives it to Big Joe. Big Joe has a beautiful weighted pass yeah. over to Milga Almiron. Who runs onto it and slots it very neatly. Uh, and he does his patented runs away from the goal, screaming his head off celebration. Uh, it's a great one. It's the, yeah, his, his best celebration. He's like so excited whenever he scores. Um, it was a good goal. It was really well taken, actually. Yeah. They, the, I watched, uh, I think, Sky Sports. Uh, and they slated Miguel Almiron the entire match. Uh, they're like, he d- he's not known for scoring goals. Like, the fans here still love him, but, like, you know, he doesn't score any goals. Like, mm-hmm. pretty sure he had, like, eight goals for us last season in all Yeah, but, I mean, like, he's, what, he didn't score like, for how long when he first arrived? 23 matches. But, yeah, that's a long time. Yeah, but, I mean, but we weren't yeah, asking I, I know, him, so. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Yeah, he wasn't our source of goals. Um, yeah. He, so then I got really worried because even though we were playing well, we were creating a ton of chances. Uh, we had a decent amount of possession. Uh, there was 50 minutes of Newcastle piling pressure on West Brom with no goals, which I've learned in my career of watching Newcastle. That means you will give up goals eventually. Yeah. And in the 50th minute, Darnell Furlong, who I, I, I keep up with transfers and squads pretty handedly. Uh-huh. I had no idea who Furlong was until 
last week's match. Uh, okay. like the previous West Ham match. Cause I had no idea who this guy was, um, but he right. scores a gorgeous goal. Yeah, it was great. Um, yeah. Kind of not really out of nothing because West Brom were decent, but it felt very much against the run of play. Um, and while normally I'd be worried that, uh, new, this is where Newcastle concedes a second, um, because they've like completely collapsed, uh, it that did not happen. Uh, Newcastle poured on the pressure. Uh, they made a double substitution, bringing on Jacob Murphy and Dwight Gale. Yep. Uh, Jacob Murphy had a beautiful cross in from thirty yards from the touchline, curling it past the defender. Dwight Gale with a powering header. Uh, just, I know you texted me and you were like, "Haha!" Like. It, how much you hate like it makes me laugh how much you hate Dwight Gale and I still like hate Dwight Gale but whatever a brilliant goal I mean that, yeah the cross from Murphy I mean it's, it's two players you legitimately despise combining for for this goal and it was such a good goal I mean the cross from Murphy was it was it was like De Bruyne-esque it was so perfect I, so I they are both good good assist good goal mm-hmm this is the thing that happens only against West Brom. Sure. Uh, I don't think Jacob Murphy is a Premier League player. I don't think Dwight Gale is a Premier League player. Mm-hmm. If we get relegated, I'd love to keep them because they're probably yeah, some true. of the best championship players you could have. Um, and, I mean, I guess it's important to have players like that because you will yeah. play teams that are worse than you. But And they're probably hungry as well. I mean, big rough. I'm not, yeah, I'm not like begging for Dwight Gale to be on the team sheet, even though in one appearance this season, he has one goal. I know that's he's not going to yeah. keep this up. It's not who Dwight Gale is. Yeah. I mean, Jacob Murphy's re-entry into the side is honestly one of the most surprising things about the season for me. I, I mean, I thought he was out in the cold. I, I cannot believe that he's back playing for Newcastle in the Premier League. And, you know, well, he has what, what, a couple goals and a couple assists. Wow. Yeah, we did. We chalked up fifteen million for him. So, oh wow, damn good. He's cool. yeah. He was like a a tied record signing. Yeah, wow, yeah. That's crazy. Um, yeah. I mean, whatever. They're okay players. Yeah, they're right. I just I, my ambition is not to have the best championship level players. That's understandable. I want to be an established. That's understandable. Premier League team, which Newcastle isn't even yet. Um. And uh, I'll end this recap uh, with two things. Uh, one, Callum Wilson, even if he doesn't get on the score sheet, he's so valuable. Uh, he is always good for some hockey assists where he gets the assist right. to the assist. Or uh, what I love about him is end of matches, when it's close, he will mm-hmm. shithouse and get a yellow card. Uh, yeah. He's done it in almost every match. Usually he. It's when the keeper collects the ball, uh, Callum Wilson will run up behind him and like punch the ball out from the goalkeeper, uh, which is yeah. hilarious. And he hasn't been yellow carded for that, but he was yellow carded in this one for kicking the ball away. Um, but yeah, with a cheeky grin. And yeah, I love Callum Wilson. Beautiful, beautiful man. And finally, uh, this match saw the return of Isaac Hayden, uh, he who is back 
after his positive COVID diagnosis, and he was talking after the match, and he talked about how uh, for the last... So he's only been cleared to play for three days, and the 10 days yeah. before that, he did not leave his bed. Yeah. Like, he was physically unable to leave his bed. That's how sick he was. Um, and so a two-part congratulations, one for beating a horrible disease and uh, being man of the match this match, uh, and two, uh, just really important for a player to come out and talk about how COVID can affect a 25-year-old um, yeah, when yeah. so much of the public dismisses COVID yeah, exactly. um, for this. Yeah, so. and not only a 25-year-old, an elite athlete. So, Yes, yeah. and his uh, daughter has a lot of medical issues, so yeah. I'm glad that it sounds like there's no yeah. harm on yeah. that aspect. So. Hopefully. It's terrifying. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And with that being said, I don't want to do this <laughs> segue, but you're going to make me. Speaking about tragic, let's yeah. move on to Manchester United, Man City. I mean, do we have to even move on to it? I have nothing to say about this game. I watched, I think I watched it all, and I, I, I'm lost for words at how poor this match was. I'm sick of Manchester United, first of all, and I'm, I'm utterly bored by Manchester City. Um, oddly enough, I thought. Uh, there was pretty even possession. So Manu didn't actually sit back and try and hit them on the counter. They just sort of tried to play with Manchester City. Um, they both sort of persisted with these relatively tame shots from far out that didn't even go on target. I think they had four shots on target between them. Um, and it wasn't even a scrappy game or a hotly con contested game i mean without the fans it was there was no atmosphere it was pretty dire and i really genuinely have nothing more to say about this match so yeah the most intriguing thing that happened was the 47th minute penalty uh right kyle walker challenge on rashford which is a very soft penalty uh in my opinion but i guess by the letter of the law it is a penalty yeah, um, but Rashford's offsides anyways, so doesn't matter. Yeah, uh, and the once again, whoever was uh, the commentators, they're talking. They're like, the VAR is ruining the game. Yeah. Blah 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 blah. blah. Then they cut to the what VAR is looking at, and Rashford is at like an entire body length ahead of the last yeah. defender, nice. and they go, "Oh, well, this 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 time far got it right." Yeah. Um, but, well, we all know the commentators, especially Sky ones, are terrible. So, moving swiftly onward to Everton Chelsea. Yeah. Yes, return right. of the form. Yeah, it was a first home win in almost two months for this Everton side, who won against, and I hate to say it, a Chelsea team who are actually very impressive this season, thanks to a Gilfie Sigurdsson penalty. This match marked Lampard's first loss in 18 games, which is genuinely a pretty ridiculous record and deserves my begrudging praise. Um, Even though he's a Tory wanker. Yeah, exactly. But goalkeeper demons, they returned for Chelsea, I thought, because it was a really poor error from um, Edouard Mondi, who basically ran out of his area 
I don't know why, and clattered into very Dr. Calvert Pickford esque. Yeah, very Pickford esque. In the first half, um, basically, DCL just he controlled it nicely and then touched it away from Mondi, who just smashed straight into him. Um, and it, yeah, it was bizarre. And Sigurdsson slotted it away relatively coolly. Um, Chelsea enjoyed over 70% of the possession and they hit the woodwork twice. But it was ultimately it was a pretty poor performance. I thought they lacked invention and penetration. Kai Havertz again not looking up to speed, although apparently he has been he was hit pretty hard by COVID. So I'm sure he's working his way back into fitness. And also, as we talked about last week, he's like 21, so we should cut him some slack. But yeah, I mean, I thought Chelsea missed out on a big opportunity to punish a makeshift Everton defense that included a returning Mason Holgate, Yerry Mina, and Michael Keane partnered him in a three-man defense. And then you had Ben Godfrey, who was actually really good filling in at left back. Um, And I thought it was just an overall, it was a mature performance from Everton. They were dangerous when they had the ball. It's really nice to see Alex Awobi looking sharp in this right wing role, I thought right wing back whatever role he's sort of taking and um yeah i mean i guess the question is can everton reclaim their opening season form um i don't know what you think about that i mean the quality is there uh you are managed by uh a at at times he was a top three manager in the world and Mm -hmm. right now He's not top, top three, but easily top 20. Um, yeah. Manager, uh, you have some, not only a squad of incredibly talented footballers, but very uh, veteran players mm-hmm. all around. Um, you have players who yeah, have true. come from all sorts of different leagues and like backgrounds and ups and downs of their careers and for the most part, they're all playing well, except for Richard Lisson. Um Really? He's not playing well? Scoring-wise. Oh. He's not even being played as a striker right now. But No, he's been playing out on the left wing. No, but he's excellent for them, though. They, they, they're yeah. not the same team without him. They're really not. I, he, I he just offers so much graft. And yeah, I mean, I guess he's only got, what, one goal in the Premier League this season. But it's his work rate more than anything, I reckon. I mean, I think the Everton fans I hear from, which I know are not representative of Everton fans because online fans are not the same as yeah. in-person fans, but uh, I just see a lot of slating based on the number of goals and goal contributions. And, um, but uh, I agree, Everton were very hungry. Uh, and even though Chelsea did have some good opportunities and a lot of the ball, I still think it was a deserved win uh, mm-hmm. for Everton. Um, although they certainly got lucky. Both teams, I think, got lucky at many points. Um, you had Jordan Pickford trying to come out. Uh, Mason Mount gets away with a shove on Yerry Mina, uh, and Yerry Mina absolutely destroys Jordan Pickford. Uh, And so you basically have the goalie and one of the defenders lying on the ground and an open goal and Chelsea didn't do anything with it. Uh, They, there was another 
Jordan Pickford trying to come out, uh, I think, just before the second penalty shot, uh, and uh, totally missed the ball. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think Conte tried to put it over top and just put it over the bar, um, but Pickford was completely out of the picture. And then in the 60th minute, about uh, <clears throat> uh, Ben Chilwell, maybe, I'm pretty sure, uh, mm-hmm. brings down DCL, um, but it got ruled out uh, by VAR. So, right. Uh, deserved 1 0 win for Everton. Should have been, like, based on what it should have been, like, 2 1 win for Everton. But good win for Everton. This means they're back up to seventh um, joint points with West Ham. So yeah, yeah. Somehow, yeah. Hard to keep up with us. Moving okay. up the table. Yeah. Which is weird to say. It is. We go to Southampton, who play Sheffield United. Yeah. Uh, in a statement win, they are attempting to say. That they belong at the top of the table, and I guess so. if you look at their performances, they most certainly do. Yeah, uh, I mean, and it was juxtaposed by a, another abhorrent Sheffield United performance that sees them completely rooted to the bottom of the table. So defensive woes, United. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that first goal, terrible defending. Yeah, and I mean, I, I thought Chris Wilder tried to go for like experience in this game because he he had Phil Jagielka at the back yeah. and he had um oh my god what's his name up front Billy Sharp um so he's clearly trying to change up personnel and get some sort of spark into this team and I know that today I think the owner of the club backed him but I mean my god it's like one of the worst starts ever to the Premier League season and it's it so is the sad, worst start right? ever because oh it is the first wow it's so sad because last season everyone was going on and on about how this is ridiculous that they're right up there and they're just overperforming and this is sort of fake which is true to an extent they were definitely overperforming but now they're massively underperforming i don't they just for some reason cannot find the balance which they should be because this team is this team is better than the worst start ever to a premier league season and i really don't know what's going on with them I will ask you again. Does Chris Wilder get sacked? When? The season? Christmas. No. no In my survived, opinion. He survives through the new year, I reckon. Through the new year. Yeah. In my opinion. Well, okay, so one, historically, bottom at Christmas means... Yeah, means you get ready. Bottom at the end of the year. Yep. Yeah. And unless they're saying... We know we already know we're going to get relegated, which is a horrible mentality to have. Yeah, and true, we want true. Chris Wilder because in we know what he can do in the championship. We'll get true. parachute payments and whatnot, and we'll sell our big players, and we'll have money, and we'll rebuild. Which is also a horrible mentality to have. Yeah, I don't know what I don't I know mean, what you benefit from having Chris Wilder. Yeah, in position. Yeah. No, you're right because. Because they've already played. Look, they're they're what now? They're eight points off of safety. 
to a team that have a game in hand. They've already played Fulham and West Brom, who are the teams down there with them, and drawn and lost, respectively. They have Manu, Brighton, and Everton before a grudge match against Burnley right at the end of December, and then they're into the new year. It's really looking terrible for them. So, I mean, I wouldn't be, I guess I wouldn't be surprised if they did part company with him. But, but the thing is, which manager, if it's not, if it's not Chris Wilder, who the hell is going to get, who, who's going to turn it around? I just, no one, right? So I think you stick with him. But anyway, I, I feel like we should give some praise to, to the Saints as well because they were electric. Unreal. Again, yeah. Like I said, statement, statement claim that they deserve yeah. to be in the top four. Yeah, they harried Sheffield into making unforced errors. They squeezed them into uncomfortable pockets. They played right through the lines with the running of Walcott and Ings across the defensive line. And Che Adams opened the scoring with a really weirdly casual goal where it's sort of like yeah. it went up into the air and then he taps it past Ramsdale. Late I was confused by how the down. angle worked, like yeah, how it, it got really past odd. Ramsdale. I think I think the commentators were saying that Ramsdale's vision was blocked. I don't know it. I don't know. It was weird. And then Armstrong scored a really bad deflected goal for the second before Redmond stroked in a nice third one after a good run. But I have a question. No, you know what? It's not a question. It's a statement for you. Um, because I know you question, rightly so, Ramsdale. But I think that this season, everything that's going on is definitely not his fault. Because Oh, certainly. Yeah, I mean, his, his post-shot expected goals, I was looking this up, is at plus one point two, which suggests that he's he's an above, a and above average stops shotter, shot stopper. Sorry, and he's obviously facing more shots, but he's making more saves with a superior save percentage to last season. So it's yeah, he's not the problem right now. Which I mean, he's not going to find any comfort in because of how terrible they are. But yeah, but so I mean, what mm-hmm. what happens to Aaron Ramsdale? Um, I would be willing to state on this podcast in recording that Sheffield yeah. United 100% will get relegated. I have no hesitation. Okay. Interesting. Uh, yeah, I'll yeah. pay you, Oscar, I'll pay you five bucks if they five five $5. You know, I'll take that though, because this is going to be such a crazy season that you, you really never know. But I mean, I, I do agree with you. We can place a bet. Five bucks. It's Didn't fine. even say I'm placing a bet. I just said I'd give you five bucks. Oh, you'll give me you five bucks. Ma- you sure. made it the bet, so yeah, I'll take here it we go. Uh, I'll take the bet. Fine. So what's Aaron Ramsdale going to do if Sheffield United get relegated? Because hey. he was the goalkeeper for Bournemouth, and they got relegated. Uh-huh. And Sheffield United say, well, he wasn't the problem. Yeah. We're going to buy him. We have a great defense. We'll buy him. We'll see how he looks with a great defense in front of him. Sure. All of a sudden, they have the worst defense in the league. Actually, yeah, I don't a, think that's true. But They must have the worst. They must. No, West, West Brom. Joint, joint, joint with defense. West Brom. Joint with West Brom. They've conceded the same amount of goals. But anyway, I mean, so look, that's an intangible, right? We don't, all the stats suggest that he's performing perfectly adequately in this side. I guess the stuff that the stats can't account for is stuff like, I guess, I don't know, organizing his defense or like communicating with them. I don't know if that's an issue. But the the answer is that he just stays with them. And then I'm sure they'll bounce back up. They're a pretty well-run club. So, I mean, that's his future. And he's still like 20, 
one, so twenty two. So he'll be fine. But I do I do get where you're coming from. It's just okay. I have my rule. You no, know my I know opinion. you do. I know you do. Yeah. Don't buy from relegated Don't defenses from or relegated goalkeepers. Players. Okay, who's up next? Uh, Palace Spurs. Palace Spurs. Uh, I watched this one too. I think. I think. I thought this was going to be sort of a uh, a hint towards the future. Hmm. Uh, like, can Tottenham stay top of the league? And apparently, even with a draw, yes, they can stay top of the league. Yeah, because well, Liverpool we'll also talk about that points. later. Yeah. So, yep. Um, yeah, I, I I watched this one. It was it was a stunning. I mean, the highlight was the stunning stoppage time save from Vicente Guaita that allowed Palace to draw. To Spurs in a match that I think will get Jose Mourinho haters really excited because Spurs played like a smaller team, especially in the second half against um, Palace, who were rampant and they were clearly buoyed, I thought, by the return of their fans. There was a nice atmosphere um, at Selhurst Park. Um, Palace kept their heads after going behind from a weirdly tame knuckleball from Kane. So weird. Yeah, which was a, it was a poor error from Guaita too, which was like the only error he made in this match because he was incredible. Um, and then um, there was a there was a equalizer by Jeffrey Schlupp later on in the second half, um, but Tottenham proceeded to smash smash into Tottenham for for the entire match. Um, Eze and Zaha were once again like mesmerizing the opponent's defense, like they have done pretty much all season. And Guaita, he rose to the occasion with a string of brilliant saves. And that one from Eric Dyer's free kick late on was like reminiscent of Van der Sar's uh, save against Chelsea, where he just launches himself across the face of the goal to uh, palm it out for a corner. It was brilliant. And I thought Palace were, they were really good because they managed to keep Son particularly quiet which is obviously really hard to do and Spurs for whatever reason failed to retain enough possession to attack properly even though they were definitely the better side for the for half an hour in the first half um you know like from the 10 minute mark probably to the end of the half they were much better than Palace but this is their big problem against the lesser teams in the league and Palace are very well rounded and I think they'll comfortably cruise to a mid-table finish especially if they keep the likes of Wilfred Zaha happy and he's motivated to score goals and play well and yeah i guess my question is is this just a bump in the road for tottenham and will they just learn from this or is this indicative of like a larger problem of the way that they play against every team and when you play against a resolute team like palace what happens when you can't play them on the counter yeah so i think you're gonna get those criticisms when like whenever a Mourinho team fails to win, you'll get those criticisms because Mourinho is not always fun to watch. He's a very yeah, results-based manager. He's going to grind out those wins. Honestly, kind of like Rafa Benitez. Um, like not always fun to watch, but he'll get you wins. Um, but when it doesn't work, you go, well, I watch this sport for entertainment. And it's fun when we're winning, but if we're not winning and we're not fun to watch, what is the purpose of watching football? Sure, sure. Um, 
And I mean, this is one match, so we could be blowing it completely out of the water. Uh, but yeah, it is slightly concerning. But I'll go saying that this match is extremely concerning is slightly disrespectful to Crystal Palace. Oh, uh, yeah, they were they are, were very good. Yeah, they are perfectly set up to do this to the big teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you're you're full of like Mavericks, like uh, my personal favorite Jeff Schlupp, uh, Will Saha, Ize, Ayu, uh, yeah. Andros Townsend, uh, and they still you have, have like Achuai on the bench too. The who's who's Benny Blade? Yeah, and yeah. Christian Benteke, who I thought had a decent match. He had a really uh, great match. He was he was penetrating the. I mean, he was he was sort of. I thought he was like punching into them. He was very direct. And he just seems a lot more confident this season for whatever reason. So I, I'm hoping he can rediscover some form. Yeah. And it's I, like I, for the last few seasons, have thought Crystal Palace can be the team to push for the top eight. But for some reason, they just don't invest in defense, um, yeah. which yeah, they sort of West Ham-esque. Uh, yeah, very true. Very true. But the makings of a of a great team are there in Palace. They've got a great manager. They yeah. can do this to the big teams. They can. A deserved 1-1 draw. Well done, Palace. On yeah. to another 1-1 draw as Fulham uh, drew to Everton at Craven Cottage. Which Not uh, a fair 1-1 draw, though. No, definitely not a fair 1-1 draw. Do you want to take this one? I have a couple notes on it. I watched, um, a, I think I watched like a half or maybe like 35 minutes. I'll I'll give it a go and you jump in whenever you want to. Yeah. Um, right from the off, I was very impressed with Fulham. Yep. And how they're going at Liverpool, and mm-hmm. it it makes sense if you're in the relegation spots. What, what do you have to lose if you get turned over by Liverpool? No one's gonna say, "Oh man, that dooms you." You expect to get turned over by Liverpool if you're in the relegation yeah. spots. Yeah. So, good for Fulham. Go after Liverpool. The worst that happens is they beat you 4-0 and you pack up and you get ready for next week. Exactly. Uh, no, I mean, it was a deserved draw. I mean, they should have won. I agree. Yeah. Uh, the This match started out uh, with a very strange non-penalty call. Right. Uh, where Fabinho goes through the player. I do you remember which player no, it was? I, I didn't watch the uh, first half, so I can't. It, would, it might have been Cavalero, right? Uh, just a hundred percent goes through the side of his foot, does not touch the ball at all, hmm. and is called a penalty on the field. Yeah, and somehow VAR overrules it hmm. which i'm still confused i want to see in american football we have like the the referees will like talk about bad calls and say like oh this is what we saw yeah. um and their explanations always suck but at least they say it yeah uh i would like to see that in english football but who knows what yeah, i would like to see that too. what they saw there uh but it was eventually followed up by a absolute cracker of a goal uh by bobby decker reed who yep. 
is another player who has had an up and down career. Um, yes, for sure. And he is probably Fulham's best player right now. And he is having a good season, actually. He's, yeah, having a good season on a bad team, which spells good for his career in the future. Even whatever happens with Fulham, good sure. old Bobby Reed will be yeah, somewhere I mean, has, next season scoring goals. He has, he has four Premier League goals, which is. Yeah, I mean he's he's keeping Mitrovic outside. I know they're not the same type of player, but yeah, that hurts yeah. me. But I um I also I really like so look. I think that Fulham look like they can survive with this team now because I think they do look better than obviously Sheffield United, definitely West Brom, and probably still Burnley despite their win against Arsenal. And I think it's been building for weeks. I think there was there, there were signs of this just since they narrowly missed out on drawing at West Ham, where it's just much more defensively resolute with these signings they made, like Ola Aina and Joaquim Anderson that have come in, shored things up. Ariola looks excellent. And then you have like Mavericks, like Adamola Lookman, who's been excellent. And um, I particularly like Mario Lamino, who's on loan from Southampton, and Frank Zambo and Gisa, who wasn't great today, but has been excellent all season. Lamina, especially... I'd love him because he's he's like he's got guile and he's he's a bit of a shit house. He's and he's good at tackling, but he's also really nice on the ball. So he's he's he, he drives at players, can pick a pass out. So I mean, I think he's sort of like an underrated little gem that they have on their hands there. And if he's motivated enough, then these are the types of players that will that might see them scrap out, staying up like Villa did last season. And then you never know, right? Like Villa were abject for most of the season last season, just stayed up, and now they're brilliant. So I guess that's what Fulham are going to be aiming for. Yeah, uh, I will say Mario Lamina, probably the best uh, player from Gabon in the Premier League right now. Yeah, yeah, you got to say it. So everything is going well for Fulham. They have a one nil lead. Uh, they've been going at Liverpool. Um, Liverpool have looked fine, but. They have not been taking their chances or doing anything really. Uh, and then all of a sudden, Craven Cottage turns into Depraven Cottage uh, with a very harsh penalty <laughs> against Fulham. Uh, this is, without getting too, too much into what is a handball, what isn't a handball, what's a penalty, what's not a penalty, what's VAR, what isn't VAR, mm. a very tough rough call and very harsh against Fulham who fully deserved a win. Uh, And no, I agree. This isn't, it's not the first time we've been talking about Liverpool getting a lifeline, Mm -hmm. which yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's true. That's true. Yeah. It, I, in my opinion, it was a bad decision. I agree. I think, I don't know. I oddly enough, though, I, the people don't seem to be making a huge deal out of it. I don't know if it's just because it's quote unquote just Fulham who are on the wrong end of it, and also obviously, if you told Scott Parker he was going to get a draw from Liverpool at the beginning of the game, he would have taken it. But yeah, I haven't seen too much outrage about this going on. Um, I mean, I don't think it was an outrageous decision either but it was kind of just it's just one of those crap ones right which makes you sort of weary of the way that var and well i i I suppose more 
personally, the handball rules are implemented because, yeah, I don't know. Once again, you know, I would be livid if that was called against me. So yeah, I feel like that's a. I'm yeah. I'm sure this between these two seasons, they're gonna scrap, scrap the handball rule, scrap the VAR rule, and uh, bring it, do it all again, and yeah. find some way that it works. Probably. Um, Okay, yeah. and yeah, that's that means that because of the Burnley win, which we'll get on to in a moment, Fulham stay in the relegation zone and Liverpool are tied up at the top with Tottenham. But let's move on to Leicester versus Brighton. And it was the Foxes who cruised past the Seagulls to take all three points and increase the pressure on the title race with a 3-0 victory. Um Madison opened the scoring half an hour in with a poked shot from the edge of the area that got past Matt Ryan. Prior to that, it had been a really open match, I think. Um, several Brighton chances on the break. Um, it could have really been anyone opening the scoring. And then um, Leicester sort of consolidated and Vardy scored a second from a swinging cross that looked like it would be ruled offside, but it wasn't. Before Madison added a sublime goal right before halftime, he shifted goal the ball. Of the season. Yeah, he shifted well, the ball no, from but... from right to left, just inside the area, and then he curled one into the postage stamp, which is sort of a becoming a bit of a what's it called, like a classic goal for him. Um, I say in my notes here: note all Brighton and Schlupp um, survivors. Or no, not Schlupp. I'm sorry. Um, oh my God, what's his name? Fuchs. Fuchs, Fuchs. Fuchs. Thank you. Albrighton and Fuchs, survivors of 2016. They're playing a lot of football this this season for Leicester, which I find very intriguing. I know they have injuries, but yeah. Um, yeah, actually, you just said that there's the goal of the season and then sort of said no. But I have okay. here, my question for you is, you said last week, you said that Son's goal is the best one of yep, the season. I know. I said, is this type of goal from Madison better? And I also know what the best goal of the season is so far. And it's Ola Aina's one against West Brom. Okay, yeah. He did win goal of the month Yeah, um, for that. Um, I I that's the reason I was so hesitant to say goal of the se- the goal of the season so far because I said last week that Sun had goal of the yeah. season so far. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, one is better than these. Yeah, sure. Just because it's yeah. Anyway, but um, nothing more satisfying. Like I I think James oh, Madison yeah. had the most. The way that it just it's essentially a chip. I know. Uh, but he's done like, it before. The, he's done it before. There's so much curve on it that it's essentially a chip, awesome. which unreal technique. I know. I just, yeah, no, and and he's he obviously because of this injury he had, he's sort of gone out of the public sort of domain, and people aren't talking about him as much as they did as this massively talented young English talent, but. The more performances he puts in like this, the the, the hype is going to start again. So I guess we'll get ready for that. I shares okay. a name with the former American president. So Yeah, well, there you go. That's that's the most important thing. Okay, let's let's see this out um with your take on Arsenal Burnley, which I didn't watch, but you said at the beginning was very cathartic. If I had to sum this match up in one word, mm. I would say ha 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 
Oh my goodness, uh, I loved this match. It was good. beautiful. Yeah. I've had a tough week. Uh, mm-hmm. I've been very stressed out this entire week. Uh, as nice as it was that Newcastle won, whatever. It's not like we're like ambitious or anything, so <laughs> wins don't really lead to anything. But right. this is what I live for, yeah. which is <laughs> you <laughs> describe me quite often as like a very toxic fan uh i know you haven't used those words but yeah i love watching teams i hate struggle i love watching them in relegation fights uh my ideal premier league is seeing all of man city man u arsenal spurs liverpool am i missing anyone Uh, arsenal get relegated that's the perfect season um like economically (laughs) fold all six of those teams yeah, that'd be, that would be fantastic. Eat the rich. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then J- Jeremy Corbyn, uh, appointed manager for Newcastle United and leads us to five straight Premier League titles. Yeah. Uh, but so this match, uh, my first note is uh, the return of fans for Arsenal, yep. which means the return of oh, disappointment for yeah. Arsenal fans. And yes, I loved seeing... Uh, the fans boo. I also saw fans booing uh, during Everton Chelsea, but I could mm. not figure what they were booing at. Um, for the life of me, no idea what they were booing at. You can just um, pretend they were booing at Pickford. Have done with it. Unsh- unsure. Uh, <laughs> n- most of this match consisted of uh, Burnley sitting back, uh, letting yeah. Arsenal come at them, which is yeah. a pretty That's damn think- good technique. Because Arsenal's not going to do anything with the ball. Uh, there was a lot of uh, like Sokka's and uh, Williams shooting from outside the 18 uh, to no struggle. Nick Pope did have some good saves. There was like some decent work up for Arsenal, uh, but nothing that Burnley hasn't seen when they sit back against every other team in the Premier League. Right. Then shit started getting really good uh, just before the one hour mark. There was a horrendous tackle uh, by Granite Xhaka to prevent a fast break. Uh, sort of a professional foul of sorts, but uh, really just uh, Dwight McNeil like coming across him and hitting him across the knees and sending him ragdolling. Um, to which Dwight McNeil took offense, got in Granite Xhaka's face. Granite Xhaka then grabs uh, Dwight McNeil by the throat uh, and kind of pushes him away. Uh, it goes to VAR, and Granite Xhaka is sent off for violent conduct. Yeah. Ridiculous uh, from him. Yeah, which he's been linked to Newcastle for the last like five years. I would love to have him. Oh yeah, uh, for sure. That yeah, the dirty work Duncan Ferguson yeah. midfielder. I kind of want him to go have. back to Germany though. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, just go want... to just go to um Hertha Berlin. Just he needs to just go to Hertha Berlin and he'll be great for them. He can join his brother in in uh Switzerland. Yeah. He'd be by far the best. Did you <laughs> player in the Did Swiss you see League. what Patri- he's being 
dragged for it. But do you see what Patrice Evra said on uh, Sky? I think it was no. about. So he said he revealed um, that Thierry Henry refuses to watch Arsenal when Granit Xhaka is captain. Um, and he said Thierry Henry turns off the TV when Xhaka plays. It tells you everything of what the legends of this club think about him. Which, yeah, I mean, that's just kind well, of, yeah, he's, go ahead. So I, I'm sure if you were a legend of a team uh, that dominated parts of the 2000s, mm-hmm. you would be very disappointed to turn on the TV and watch a, I, yeah, yeah, a no, mid-table talent I get team. that, but it's just like, I don't know. I mean, it's just an asshole thing to say. And also, Evra... He he keeps doing these weird yeah. media gaps. Whereas he's kind of a weird dude, like for real, really weird. Dude. I, yeah. So I think he's just being dragged for it right now because people people are sort of like comparing it to you know like it's off the record. Like why would you say that on like television? Anyway, it's not that big of a deal. In at the end of the day, football is for entertainment. You got to rile up the fans somehow. Yeah, yeah, yeah for, sure, um, for sure. I'm sure. The whoever Patrice Ever is working for, they're not upset because their website's now getting a hundred thousand more clicks. So, yeah. Another great thing that came out of Twitter today was Emmanuel Frimpong saying, "Sell Xhaka and get me on a free, and let's dissolve Arsenal with immediate effect," which I found hilarious. But yeah, what's yes. he up to? Uh, he has not played for a club since 2017. So, oh, that's sad. Yeah, he is essentially a retired footballer. It is sad, actually. But oh well, yeah. it doesn't work out for everyone. He's one of those. He was like one of the first players who I remember being like a really hot talent. Um, yeah, and uh, he was you know, the KSI and Emmanuel oh, yeah, Frimpong. Yeah, of course, like of course. that, as an American, that's your introduction exactly. to Wonder Kids. You want to so. hear something awesome? Is that he is Lethal Bizzle's cousin? So there you go. That's just gonna drop that one on you. Pretty cool. It is extremely cool. Um, so I'll I'll finish up this match. Um, okay. It ended uh with a 73rd minute own goal by one Pierre Emerick Saab Amayang. Uh, I hope you like my pun there. Uh, that was good. Yeah. Which is just inserting the word Saab into anything. <laughs> Continuing his bad who knows bad form bad luck whatever it is there is an arsenal problem there is mm-hmm. an obama yang problem will arteta figure it out no he will not i will not forgive you for saying he's uh, one of the yeah. top three managers in the premier league you probably shouldn't did i say that so, oh god it just yeah, gets so worse every week gets worse every week for me but oh well i love watching arsenal lose Sorry, Michael Spooner. Sorry, Anders Alulio. Yeah. Sorry, guys. All right. And, that's, yeah. that's it for the, uh, for the fixtures this week. Moving on to next week, right? Yes, absolutely. Um, so we don't have to go as quickly as we have been, but we'll still keep it fast-paced because I think that gives yeah, a more from-the-heart well. like prediction. Yeah. Yeah. And it's working for me, so it's definitely working for you, Blake. So there you go. So let's get this started. Wolves, okay. Chelsea, Oscar Saywell. What is your prediction? 
Uh, second Chelsea loss. Wolfsman's back. Wow, God, this is a bad prediction. 1 0. Screw it. Interesting. I yeah, will go terrible with a, prediction. It's fine. A, a 2 1 win for Chelsea. Yeah. Uh, I think Chelsea's quality is a little yeah. bit much. Man City, West Brom. You can't not back Man City 4 0. 4 0 to Man City. I'll one up you a 5 0 win, Man City. It's why bet against them? Uh, Arsenal, Southampton. Uh, 3-1 Southampton. Ah, man, that you took mine. I'll go a 2-2. Not catastrophic. Okay. Not catastrophic, but Arsenal are desperate enough. Yeah, they they definitely are. They'll do something. Uh, Leicester, Everton. This one's hard. Um, I'll just go for a draw. I'll go 2-2. I'll go 3-2 Leicester. Everton's form, it's yeah. one match bounce back so far. We have to, I can really see it going before I bet for them, yeah, they have to string a few of them together before I back them. You know again. what I've just realized? Is, aren't these midweek fixtures? Yes. Okay. Things are getting hot and heavy. Yeah. So mid December. Okay. So, well, yeah, we, I guess we're missing out the, the fixtures prediction for next weekend then. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, let's do them. No, let's 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 do go all the way through. Okay, okay. Yeah, we can just and I'll just yeah. I'll write them down yeah. post recording. We can um, yeah, just cut cut this bit. I'll yep. Anyway, okay. Um, go Leeds Newcastle. Oh, Blake, you go first. Oof, that's a hard one. No, I, okay, I'll go two. I'll go, yeah, two one Leeds. Yeah, I'm gonna go. Th- Three. I'm sorry. I'm gonna go three. No leads. So yeah, Newcastle don't know how to deal with a press. So yeah, if leads yeah. just do any sort of pressing against Newcastle, yeah. All right, Fulham Brighton. I think that um, by next weekend we will suddenly be questioning Brighton. I think they're gonna go on a downward turn. I will go Fulham get another win. Dun dun dun. One nil. I'll go the exact opposite. One nil Brighton. I think they're a lot better than seventeenth place. Uh, yeah. Liverpool Tottenham, the Champions I, League derby. Yeah, I want Spurs to win for the narrative, so I will back them. They also have better players than Liverpool right now, just because of the injuries. So I'll go two one Spurs. All right, cop out by me. One one. Nice. Go and score draw. Uh, West Ham visiting yeah. Crystal Palace. Palace, our bogey team. Um, we never beat them, so I'm. I, I, obviously, I always go for a draw, so I'm gonna go one-one. I will go two-one uh, Crystal Palace. I safe bet. Crystal I think Palace. We're too nice. Too. Yeah. Uh, Villa Burnley. Um, one-nil victory for Villa. I'll go. I'll go the opposite. One nil Burnley. Interesting. And then Sheffield United, Man United. The first victory dar- for Sheffield fake, United. Yeah, fake United derby. Yeah, the Blades are gonna win this. I'm gonna back uh, them. I'm gonna go one one. Two Just, nil. This is an insane prediction, but I'm going for it anyway. Yep, that's that. Yep. Uh, and then moving into match day fourteen, which I totally forgot that uh, we would have to start. Doing this, yeah, it's a lot of predictions. Uh, 
Score predictions. Crystal Palace, Liverpool next Saturday. Uh, where, wait, where is this? Putting, where are we putting this in? Uh, no, I'll, I'll, I'll do it post-recording. Oh, okay. Crystal Palace, sorry, say it again. Crystal Palace, Liverpool. That will be a 2-2 draw. Interesting. Yeah. I will go... Oh, zero zero stinker. All right, Southampton, Man City. Um, oh man, this is hard. Southampton, Man City. Uh, you know, I'll go for a shock. Southampton win two one. I can't bet against Man City. I'm gonna yeah. go one three. Man City wins. Mm-hmm. Um, Everton Arsenal. Everton will win two 0 I will go. Yeesh! It's hard to think about things that are like two I matches know. in the future. I will go. Oh, one one. It feels like a cop out, but um, Newcastle Fulham. Jeez, this is hard. Yeah, this is really um, hard. A one one. Oof. 2-1 win for Newcastle. Come on, you magpies. Uh, Brighton-Sheffield United. Um, I reckon that'll be a scrappy 0-0 draw. 1-0 uh, Brighton. I, I still think. I have some hope for Brighton. Yeah. I, I like Brighton, but I think I just think they're going to have a downturn. Alright, Spurs-Leicester. Um. Oh wow! Spurs are playing difficult teams. I will go for. Oh, it's it's an open match. Three two. I think this will be exciting. Three two Spurs. Yeah, I'll stick to the draw. The cop out answer. Two two draw. Um, Man U leads. I actually think Man U will beat Leeds. I don't know why. I'll go, but I think it'll be high scoring. I'll go four two. Wow. Yeah. Oof. Um, can I do another 1 1 draw? Of course you can. Um, West Brom Villa for the oh, final prediction. Derby. Another Midlands derby. Um, back to back. West Brom are crap. 2 0 Villa. I think this has uh, a Villa cakewalk written yeah. over it. I don't think West Brom are disciplined enough in defense. I agree. A 4 nil or greater win for Villa. Um, there will be two more matches, but there's no reason to predict them. Yeah. It's early in the future, and we'll have a podcast in between. So, Cool. Um, right then. Yeah. Okay. So to wrap up the show, I've got a few questions for you. Exciting. Okay. So as first, as with the podcast name it is uh, where is this wonder kid that potentially peaked too early and i i gauge your opinion on them and where you think they'll go can I, and where do you think they are can i just say that i have been absolutely incredible in these quizzes i I'm okay to sure i to my own home i agree you've yeah. outshone me uh and all i have to do is come up with the the questions and you're putting me to shame uh because sometimes you know 
I have the answer in front of me, and I don't even know the answer. Wow. So, okay, here we go. Okay. This player is still a Nigerian international, hmm. even though you could argue he has not played for a top club in a while. Okay. He has had multiple 20 million plus euro pounds maybe i don't know the currency moves Mm -hmm. in his career Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. he started off in the nigerian league of course and bounced around some nigerian leagues before eventually moving to the eredivisie and then he made his name playing for cska moscow where he was a machine and right. dominated the league before he was bought for $20 million by one Leicester City. Uh, yes. Can you tell me, where is Ahmed Musa? Oh, this guy. And he tore it up at a World Cup, right? Yes. So He's always thinking, been good internationally. I'm thinking that he went to the Middle East. Yep. Um, I, is he ple- Isn't he a free agent? Ding, ding, ding. You yes, called his, my bluff. Yeah, he is yeah. a free agent. He was released yeah. by Al Nassar. I, I just read... No, the reason I know this is because I just read an interview he did with the BBC where he claims... He's probably not lying. That he has multiple offers from different clubs. Um, yes. Can you tell me which is one club which has sources confirmed by confirmed. like The Athletic? By The Athletic? Oh, it's yeah, got to no. be like somewhere in turkey or some shit i have no idea i'll no, go um much closer to home oh, oh not newcastle the u.s newcastle and west ham rumored there's no way west ham will go for him Moyes, there's Moyes a won. decent chance no 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 it, no, the, no, no. no decent Mo- chance no. that newcastle goes for oh, newcastle yeah Moyes definitely won't he just won't he's made steve bruce so is gonna go oh my god yeah steve bruce is gonna go oh look super pacey player he'd be amazing for us um, god i hope honestly, he uh, I, t- I really love him i hope he i hope he uh i hope he gets a club so yeah yeah he's great a up and down career he is yeah. 28 um yeah, so he's still got time yeah he's still got some time i'd like to see him at newcastle what's the worst that happens we've given some terrible terrible players some True. some chances so okay with that being said I've got some table position questions, which I think are great questions because they Mm. always lead to some good conversation. Yeah. This first one is the most vanilla of my questions. (laughs) Who is more likely to finish in the top six? six, uh, Third place, Leicester City, or fourth place, Southampton? Leicester City. I would say, uh, just because of the resources they have. I think Southampton are super excellent, uh, don't get me wrong, but Leicester have been competing up there more consistently over the past few years, and so the players sort of have the nous, I reckon, to do Yes, it. that is the answer I expected from you. Yeah. Uh, the second question, who's more likely to finish in the top six, Southampton or West Ham? Southampton. Um, West Ham are overperforming right now. We have an extremely thin squad. We're a couple injuries away from crisis mode. Uh, and but don't you think West or uh, Southampton is also 
a few like if they lose a few of those key players yeah that's true that's true they, they also have a thin squad i'm just thinking i just know more about us and i i think that we are genuinely a really good side this year but um all the players are vibing at 100 and they're fit so i i just think that and and Ralph Hasenhutl is a way better manager than David Moyes, so he'll be able to adapt where Moyes wouldn't. And yeah, that's my answer. All right. Yeah, I, th- I think I've agreed with both of your answers so far. Um. So this is a little. It's not quite a dig at you, but it's something that I know will anger you. Uh, oh, nice. What team of the twenty in the Premier League? currently leads the league in fouls per game fouls per game if you think about Tottenham no think think a little bit harder a certain team who you hate a lot of their players because all they do is foul and I am always winding no. you up talking about how they deserve England call ups and you're like it's not Burnley by the way no Brighton <laughs> I don't know Brighton. Brighton and Hove I, I love Albion. Brighton. I love Brighton. I was talking about Lewis Dunk and oh, I fucking hate Lewis Dunk. Exactly. That's yeah. why I that's why I threw this question in here. They also have Dan Byrne, who is a Newcastle legend. Oh, uh, he played for Newcastle? We released oh, him when he was eleven years old. So Oh poor Dan Byrne. Yeah, wow. honestly, there's a ton of players who they like come through the Newcastle youth team and then right. like we determine they're not good enough when they're 12 and then they go on and have really good careers. So. All right. And then my final question. Uh, are Arsenal threatened with relegation as in there being at, at first, is there any chance that they get relegated this season? And second, how serious is the threat of relegation? Zero uh, percent chance to get relegated, and it's not serious. I think like that's okay. my pretty emphatic answer. I just think that the nature of football now is that I guess we were discussing this a few weeks ago. I think I think it was with you where I was like, "Will we see a team that will just capitulate because they'll go into financial oblivion?" And like a team like Barcelona, for example, where like they lose all their players because they have no money. But in Arsenal's case, no. Uh, they're clearly underperforming right now. They are disgustingly bad. Like they're they're they're, they're rubbish, right? I'm not saying they're they're not good, but I mean, possibly a little bit of like a Klopp's Dortmund situation where they'll turn it around and Aubameyang will get better. And they have been performing well in the Europa League, so they are capable of putting in a good performance. And they are terrible, but they are not going to get relegated. I will say 538 gives them a 5% chance of getting That's relegated. Awesome. That's awesome. They know better than me. So, but still 5% chance is next to nothing. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. Okay. And with that being said, that is Eight. the end of episode seven. Not the peak too early podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you want to email the show, please email us at peaked the number two early pod at gmail.com. Follow me at B Munch, B M U N S H. Follow Oscar at do it. O H S C U R. Oh, come on. C U R O H S C U H. Almost there. 
Almost oh, there. I'm sorry. I reckon we're going to get it next week. Yeah, just follow me at Oscar, at Oshu, however you want to pronounce it. Rate and review us if you're enjoying it. And yeah, I was tired this week, so I apologize. But um, I had fun regardless. Yes. And I know nobody else cares, but this is like the least technical difficulty episode we've ever had. I so I know. shout out us. Shout, shout out, out shout our shout recording out software. Yeah, yeah, Craig, our recording Craig. software. Yeah. Uh, and with that being said, stay safe. Mm-hmm. Stay inside. Yep. Happy holidays. Bye. Yeah, happy holidays. Yeah. Yeah, it's Hanukkah. Oh, yes, I was going to say that. Happy Hanukkah. Oh, yeah, well. thank you. You're welcome. All right, take care. Bye.